Hello and welcome to second episode of Filter Watch, Small Media's monthly podcast on Iranian internet policy. I'm Mo Hosseini. In this month's episode, we look back on Iran's national information network known as Shoma or Shabakiye Meli Etelad and give a brief overview of its development so far. We will also try to provide answer to some burning questions asking what exactly Shoma is. Why is so important to Iranian government and whether it could really end up cutting users from the global internet. If you like a more detailed overview of Shoma, please make sure to check out our report at smallmedia.org.uk. To discuss the latest update about the development of Shoma and to review the impact of launch of Phase 2, I will be speaking with Simin Kargar, research fellow at Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University. But before that, this month we have some interesting news updates. In a significant development, the CRA has ordered that all of Iranian networks operators should divide domestic traffic from international traffic. This move could enable Iranian authorities to launch internet shutdowns with a greater ease in the times of political unrest. The Secretary of the Supreme Council of Cyberspace, Sayed Abul Hassan Filozabadi, said that Iran should work more closely with the private sector to ensure that families are provided with morally sound internet access. Passage commander Ghulam Hossein Ghey Parwar claimed that the internet has had disastrous effect on the life of Iranian young people, stating that it was ruining their future. In the same vein, Ayatollah Ahmad Janati, chairman of the Assembly of Experts, said that the internet poses more of threat to Iran than drug, crime and other social challenges. He insisted that Iran should use all of its powers to stand up against dangers posed by online activity. Abdul Samad Khoramabadi, head of Iran's filtering committee, announced a new initiative to regulate and monitor citizens' online activities, stating that an internet passage will be developed and operational in the near future. ICT Minister Mahmoud Boazi announced that Iran has laid 10,000 km of fiber optic cables. He added that 27,000 remote villages have been granted access to broadband internet since 2013. Those are the headlines. Now let's move on to the biggest issue of the day, Iran's development of its so-called national internet or Shoma, often described in the Western press as a closed national network that could see Iran cut off from the global web. The story of Shoma's development has seen plenty of twists and turns over the years. But what state is the network in today? And what are its real capacity for internet censorship and information controls? Earlier this month, we saw the government launch phase 2 of the network to create fanfare. But what did this launch actually mean? Did anything really change? We are now joined by Simin Kargar, research fellow at the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University. Simin, welcome to FilterWatch. Hi, thanks for having me. Announced 13 years ago, Phase 1 of Shoma was finally launched at the end of August 2016. With Phase 2 following in February this year, Shoma has proved to be a huge source of conflict and tension within the government. 
with a number of the officials claiming that the project is being delayed for political reasons and others arguing that it's nothing more than a collection of data centers aimed to boosting service quality. At the same time, digital activists have been growing increasingly alarmed by the potential of the network to enable crackdowns on internet freedom. So, before we get into the details, and for any new buys to Iranian internet policy, could you give us a quick overview of what the Shoma network actually is? Sure. Um, so, the National Information Network, or what Iranians call as Shoma, um, started to emerge in 2006 by officials starting to talk about it as um, this phenomena of global internet that was aggressively targeting the Islamic Iranian values and um, something that was corrupting the youth mind. So they started by disseminating a rather religious discourse about the global internet and then um, perceiving or conceptualizing something to substitute this with. Um, and in their opinion, um, a replacement would have been more Islamic, more culturally uh, friendly towards the Iranian Islamic culture, um, and um, preferably uh, did not entail um, anything that would uh, demoralize um, Iranians uh, or Iranian citizens. Um, and this um, continued until... Um, such discourse coupled with security concerns on behalf of um, the, the, um, the Islamic regime in Iran. Um, and um, in 2010, uh, the nuclear infrastructure of Iran was attacked by the Stuxnet virus, uh, which was allegedly developed by the American, like the U.S. and Israeli system. So this raised even more concerns about the internet, global internet infrastructure as something that would undermine the security of the regime and the, the state in Iran. Um, so after that, in 2011, the discourse around um, censoring um, the, the global internet uh, got, became more and more aggressive because it was not only um, targeting um, the morals of the society, but it was also risking um, the security of, of the country entirely. Um, and that led to, in 2012, the Supreme Leader um, pressed for um, um, like more emphasis to be placed on the development of National Information Network um, and uh, not to uh, pay more attention to increasing the global internet bandwidth. Um, and then by Rouhani government coming into the office in 2013, they started to solidify their efforts um, in order to kind of deliver this, this national information network um, to, for one, satisfy the supreme leader probably and the establishment and hardliners who were rooting for, for uh, a somewhat separated system and, and uh, on the other hand to kind of pursue uh, the economic um, incentives behind a system like this. And until recently, that in 2016, they completed the 
first phase of the National Information Network, and then even more recently, they announced that the second phase was completed, and that the um, ICT minister ministry is now on to uh, fulfilling the third phase to be completed in the next six months. Why does the government care so much about Shama? What do they gain from it? There are a few reasons. So one is a from uh, one is from a censorship perspective, and that allows the government to have more control and exert more control over uh, whatever content that they prefer the users to have access to. But that's not the entire story. Iran, at least for the past decade, has provided an environment for the uh, Revolutionary Guard to hold a large share in the ICT. Um, infrastructure and industry. Um, that monopoly um, has come with some sort of technical stagnation, meaning that in order to be able to satisfy their users, they have had to uh, come up with reasons or like um, new developments to provide higher quality services to their users and then protect what they call their digital or cyber borders as well by securing the infrastructure that the government services and institutions need to have in order to be able to protect the data of the the entities and as well um, and in addition their, their their users for instance and on top of that it also comes with like economic incentives in terms of providing higher quality services uh, to users uh, so that they don't turn away from the national information network for something that they call like global internet. So it's about like maintaining as much as possible within the borders of Iran uh, with like higher um, quality, lower cost, and then higher security provided to the end beneficiaries. As a part of the launch of phase two, the government has spoken a lot about the need to split domestic traffic from international traffic. Why is this? And is it a real threat to internet freedom? So separating traffic has been one of the main incentives of creating that network. But the more fundamental principle uh, beyond that was to be able to increase the speed and also offer like higher bandwidth to users. So by separating that traffic, uh, they're kind of offering and developing for one data centers, national data centers inside the country, and then kind of reinforcing it with content delivery networks domestically. So that time that it takes until a user in a given geographic location receives or like calls for a specific content is reduced much. So the user enjoys like higher internet speed and at a lower cost for the users. So these are like different reasons that are coupled by the government for any reason has decided to highlight this like separation of traffic in order to be able to probably sell sell the National Information Network in a more efficient way. Digital activists are getting pretty concerned about Shaman's abilities. Should we be concerned that Iran might use the network to crack down on internet freedom? 
So I think there are legitimate concerns about user security, um, specifically because when we are talking about national information network, it means that there will be um, enhanced control over the entire network and whatever user data in the hands of the government officials and probably um, security forces inside the country. We have witnessed enhanced desire by the officials to aggregate as much data as possible about end users, be it in the form of registering user data or requiring um, telegram telegram channels admins to kind of like submit information about themselves on the channel in order to be authorized to to operate. So within that context, yes, there are uh, concerns about internet freedom and how the government might be dealing with questions about the security and reinforcement of such such concepts um, in cyberspace. But this is also something um, that researchers need to keep an eye on because, as I said, it's not purely about the, the, the user data, the, the government seems to be pursuing more purely economic incentive behind, behind this whole concept of national information network. The government has also spoken a lot about the need of domestic content production to accompany the development of Shoma. Why have they been pursuing this goal so aggressively? Is it just about feeding Iranian users government-friendly domestic content? It's not only about feeding users with government-friendly content. Censorship has always been part of the development of national information networks, but there are more legitimate and like consolidated concerns over uh, the the end game of the government in terms of providing higher quality of services. By providing government-friendly content through these specific network, the content network delivery systems, they are after two things. One is kind of like moralizing the network and uh, providing the content that they're approved of. And secondly, promoting this whole concept of higher uh, quality, delivering higher quality services uh, through enabling users to for instance, HD content, quality content. And then we know for a fact that they have come up with trade agreements with specific ISPs and online content delivery or production uh, companies in order to support such systems. Whether or not they will be successful in doing so, this is something to keep an eye on and keep watching. It's taking years for the government to get to this stage. Is this just President Rouhani trying to appease the conservative establishment? ahead of uh, May 2017 elections, or are these loans actually significant for users? Um, from a user perspective, I don't see an urgency to do um, to, to kind of like deliver something like this. Um, it seems that it's more political, especially that um, we saw that in 2016, the Supreme Leader um, kind of condemned the slow delivery of the National Information um, Network, and that put more pressure on the government to kind of like expedite um delivering the system. And then we we saw that they rather quickly concluded the first phase and then recently the second phase. So it might be, there might be political incentives behind um, like such expedition to 
for one, satisfy uh, the supreme leader as he is the person that ultimately sets policies and strategies uh, for cyberspace. And um, the Supreme Council of Cyberspace has also been working with Ministry of ICT on the development and delivery of the, the network um, and also to kind of appease the hardliners who will be running against the Rouhani administration and the, in the upcoming election. And this is something that's definitely going to come up in the presidential debates. And, uh, um, and um, Rouhani wants to have a very strong position on this and not to kind of uh, fall behind on the agenda that um, his own uh, ministry has set forward. And so far, it seems that they are on track. And uh, by by the presidential election, there will be some sort of tangible uh, end product to, to show to the public and um, to be proud of. Simin, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you. Before we go, we are happy to say that we will be attending the Internet Freedom Festival and RightsCon in March. We hope you can join us. Be sure to come and check out our roundtable looking back at the last four years of the Rouhani's administration and assessing what it has meant for Internet Freedom. That's all for today's Filter Watch. Please make sure to check out our latest podcast which can be downloaded on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please also make sure to subscribe and review our podcast. If you are interested in all the other internet policy news from this past month, be sure to check out our latest Filter Watch report. Lastly, make sure to follow us on Twitter, small underscore media, and visit us online at smallmedia.org.uk. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will join us again next month.